welcome to the Birmingham Litfest Presents podcast series, as taken over by the Wolverhampton Spark Young Writers for six stories, all set late on the same night at Wolverhampton train station. William Gallagher reads Departures by Erin Oakley. The 2348 train to Birmingham New Street from Platform 2 is delayed by eight minutes. This is due to signal failure. It's now expected at 2356. Apologies for any inconvenience this causes. Eight minutes. Eight entire bloody minutes. I swear loudly, enjoying the way that the sharp plosives echo off the shining floors when there are no bodies around to absorb the sound. My heart is still fidgeting in my chest, twitching like an addict's hands. My lungs ache. They are strung tight and heavy. The February air has made my teeth hurt. Staring up at the departures board, not reading anything, I sound out the syllables again, huffing them as I struggle to regain my breath. I could have walked. I could have walked. Because, of course, the one night that my egotistical goose of a boss leaves me to clean up the puddle of vomit that his girlfriend, our only patron, left on the floor of the bar, of course, that was the same night that the last train was delayed. Bile burns the back of my throat. I glance around quickly to see if anyone would notice if I threw up into a bin. I decide against it. There are a few people loitering around the ticket machines and even more in the waiting room across the tracks. Football hooligans or something like it. In their dark coats, their scarves tied tight around their necks, weighed down by bags or life. All these people seem like ghosts who cannot be even bothered to die. Not even their their frenetic energy, their drunkenness, uh, their business demeanours, their I really ought to be getting home to the kids, can hide it. Do I look like that? So I mechanically push my way through the ticket barrier, traipsing round and up the stairs that will take me over to the platform. I try to remember what my body looks like. Sweaty at the moment, probably, red-faced, Lungs heaving with the effort, legs and feet still protesting, dragging along, hair a mess, chronically so, unkempt, long coat draped over a wasting frame, thin enough to let the wind in, definitely not waterproof, boots soft and worn, almost completely destroyed, slightly too big, bent at the toes, khaki fabric satchel, too heavy, but it isn't clear what with, one of the corners beginning to tear, a disaster waiting to happen. I can almost see the moment, the embarrassment of my cheeks, the papers and change on the ground, wallet stolen while I'm scrabbling. Monies even start to hurt like I've really just dropped onto them and they're really grazed from the fall. I can hear the scrape of my fingernails against the floor. It's like one of those dreams that you, you wake up from convinced that they were reality. Car cross imagining. It hooks me and holds me there. As a distraction, I reach into my pocket and drop a couple of coins into the coffee cup in front of a homeless man on the bridge, bundled up in a grubby duvet. He has a sign and empty eyes. I wonder why he chose here, of all the places. I wonder if he got in without a ticket. When I reach the bottom of the steps, there's an old BT phone box that someone has secured with a chain and a padlock. There's nothing in there, apart from a forlorn pair of gloves. No phone. Nothing to be stolen or destroyed. I spend a couple of moments trying to figure out why they've locked it shut, but everything I come up with makes me sad. It's times like these that I wish I smoked. 
something to keep me occupied, something to think about, a craving, all-consuming, something to hold, something to stop me chewing my lips, a reason for people to dismiss me with a single glance. Nothing interesting here, only bad breath and a commuted death sentence. Instead, I do the second best thing and stare out into the distance like I'm looking for the train. I keep checking my watch, the one with the hands that don't move. There are a few others on the platform. I watch them out of the corner of my eye. Their football ads keep hooting in the waiting room. They probably haven't even noticed the delay. Another group, slightly tipsy, seem to be considering getting a taxi. One wears a red beret. The colour does not suit her. Some people have suitcases. Some seem angry, impatient, like they have somewhere to be. I shift my gaze. A man on the platform opposite is hunched over a sausage roll wrapped in a paper bag. Attention fully focused, glassy eyes, pastry going everywhere. He wolfs it down in reverence, head bowed. It must be cold. Bakeries don't open this late. Something about the scene makes me close my eyes. I strangle a sob, open my eyes again. The platform around me swims, then refocuses. I drag air into my lungs. It tastes of burnt fossil fuels and someone's vape. I have a book in my bag about a man and a woman in a search for something that shouldn't exist, but probably doesn't exist. The woman leaves before the end. It is good in a way that's, that's hard to explain. I've read it before. The cover is creased. The spine is cracked. I pull it out and squint at it. But the flickering light here makes it impossible to read. My ticket slots easily back between the pages. The bright text of the platform departure screen tells me it's 23.52. I could have taken a leisurely bloody stroll at this rate. Time has slowed to treacle, thick and sickly, suffocating. My heart is spidering against my ribs again. I reach up and rub the back of my neck slowly. It helps. Do it again. Breathe and it catches. I do it again. Not long. Four minutes. I shuffle closer to the yellow line, the soles of my boots snagging on the paving. From my vantage point, I can just see the dull sheen of the tracks and those jagged grey rocks that they pack around them. Luminescent greens and purples betray the litter that people have flung over the edge of the platform. The cans and crisp packets glitter in the darkness, as permanent as stars. I watch them twinkling for a while now. Only two minutes now. Carefully, I remove my satchel and place it upright on the platform. No one is watching me. Why would they? I remember briefly those posters that warn against leaving bags unattended. Maybe they'll blow it up. The idea of all my crap flying through the air makes me smile. A good, old-fashioned waste of bureaucratic time and money. Once I've started smiling, I can't seem to stop. It's the kind of smile you pull when you're going up on a roller coaster or an airplane. An unintentional, uncontrollable smile. More of an instinctive reaction than anything. The thrill of the imminent drop. I sit down on the edge and then ease myself off the platform. Try not to make a sound. Nobody notices. The only staff member I could see is a young man who looks out of his element. His purple staff coat is too big for him. People keep asking him why the train is late. It isn't his fault. 23.55. I lie down on the track. The two metal bars are cold and solid against my back. That is comforting in its own way. I pull in steady mouthfuls of air. Still, no one has spotted me. 
all dark browns and greys in the shadows. The numbers tick over on the clock up on the platform. 23.56 now. The stars overhead are washed out from the lights of the city and half covered over with clouds, but they're still beautiful. I could stay here forever, just watching them, just breathing. If you see something that doesn't look right, speak to staff or text the British Transport Police on 61016. We'll sort it. See it, say it, sorted. Departures was written by Erin Oakley and read by William Gallagher.